Matthew chapter 5, verse 41. It says, And whosoever shall compel thee to go a mile, go with him twain. Whosoever shall compel thee to go a mile, go with him twain. Or two. And this here is a reference to an ancient Persian custom. The Persians, they introduced the use of regular couriers to carry heavy uh, to carry letters or news. And the king's courier had absolute command of all help that was necessary in the performance of his task. He could press horses into service and compel the owners to accompany him if he desired. To refuse compliance with his demands was an unpardonable offense against the king. And there was also a practice in Roman-occupied territory that any Roman soldier could require a citizen to carry his equipment, cloak, or other burdens for one mile. This may have been the practice that the Lord was specifically referring to when He instructs His followers to unselfishly go the extra mile as testimony to the generosity of the Christian spirit. So the expression has come to mean help someone beyond what is required or expected of you. So, I mean, imagine, uh, fortunately we don't have this law in this country, but, you know, imagine if, let's say, a police officer, uh, you know, he came by one day and he sees you like, hey, I need your help. I I need you to carry something for me. And, you know, now they can't make you help them, but let's say they had a law that said that they could, that you had to go with them for at least a mile. No, you had to do it. You were stuck. They could do that back then. Hey, we need your horses. You can come with us. Make sure we're taking care of them. Use them okay. But we have need of what you have. Uh, and so you'd have to go and do what was required. I guess they kind of do that now. They just do it with our money. <laughs> we'll, just, we'll just take your money. And uh, you know, they, they do that without hesitation. But this was a practice back then. And one thing that we see throughout the Bible that, you know, honestly, I'm just going to be honest with you. I'm honest enough to admit that there's scriptures that I'm not exactly excited about when I read. You know, there's some things that God commanded that we should not do that we get all excited about. You know, we love preaching against, you know, homosexuality and things like that, you know, all the bad stuff. And, uh, you know, we, you know, we'll get all excited if somebody preaches on doing something that we do regular, you know, on being faithful to the house of God. Uh, well, that's you know, we're all excited about that when we're here because hey, he's not talking to me. And, you know, we like those things. But this one here, though, the going the extra mile, um, you know, following the laws that are in your land. That and this is one too that I imagine people probably didn't like. I mean, imagine if you're out working on your farm, and then all of a sudden. Here comes some Roman soldier in Israel that they were not particularly fond of and says, hey, I need your help. I need you to carry my equipment for me. And you've got to go a mile. Well, that's going to take a little bit of time walking a mile, carrying stuff. Then you've got to walk a mile back. I mean, that's a big waste of time for you. I'm sure they didn't like it. And Jesus, He tells them that whoever compels you to go a mile, go twain. Go two. Do more than what's expected of you. And it's funny because Jesus taught these kind of things, yet He was accused all the time of being somebody that was trying to stir the people up to overthrow the government. And of course, you know that He did the total opposite of that. But anyway, I want us to just kind of go through this first and look at some things because this is something that applies to us too. This is a part of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. The greatest sermon that's ever been preached. Preached by Jesus Christ. By the greatest preacher that there ever was. And he says in the first, notice the first word of that verse is whosoever. 
One thing that we need to do in going the extra mile, that term going the extra mile that you hear all the time, that's, that's a biblical term. That came from the Bible. It came from this verse of Scripture that people tell you to do. We need to do that. When we do it, we need to be impartial. And who we do it to? He said, whosoever. He didn't say just those who you are legally obligated to. You need to do it with them or those who have helped you. He said, whosoever. The same word He used, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And whosoever will, let him come and take of the water of life freely. He used those same, same words. And we've got to learn to be impartial when it comes to helping other people and doing things for others. We see in James chapter 2, verse 1, it says, My brethren, have not the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory, with respect of persons. For if there come unto your assembly a man with a gold ring and goodly apparel, and there come in also a poor man in vile raiment, and ye have respect to him that weareth the gay clothing, and say unto him, Sit thou here in a good place, and say to the poor, Stand thou here, or sit here under my footstool. Are ye not then partial in yourselves, and are become judges of evil thoughts? I mean, something we got to be careful around here we don't do that. It's real easy sometimes. Somebody comes walking in, you, you know, even today, man, they're all dressed up. They come pulling up in a nice car. And it's like, well, those people, they probably have money. Hey, we need to get them in our church. Uh, you know, they. I remember when we were growing up. You know, whenever we were traveling, we'd always go visit other churches, and you could always tell. You know, whenever we would come into a church, folks would kind of get an excited look in our face because you know we were always we were a bigger family. I mean, hey, seven people uh, that makes a big difference, especially in a smaller church. And they would they'd see our family, and you know we'd be dressed up nice, and you could you could tell sometimes it would be an excited look, but then at the same time. A lot of times there'd be, you know, they would ask the question, "You just passing through the area visiting?" And then they add, and then it was like, "Yeah, we're just, you know, traveling on vacation or whatever." And it's like, "Oh, okay, not potential members. <laughs> you know, who cares? You know, they're they're here one time. We're never going to see them again." But you know, sometimes they think about lying to them. You know, hey, move to the area. Oh man, you know, you're in the right place. You know, and uh, hey, it's easy to do that when somebody comes in. Though in the vile raiment, you can tell hey, these people don't have any money. Oh, these people are probably here looking for money. They're probably here looking for a handout. We have that kind of attitude sometimes with sometimes with people. And gee, I mean, Jesus said, "Don't do that. Don't have the faith of Jesus Christ and in your life, and have respect of persons." God does not do that. And he doesn't want us to do that either. And whosoever shall compel thee, if there's anybody that needs help, we ought to do something about it. I mean, we ought to try. We ought to do what we can. We ought to do more than what's required. We ought to have that testimony with everyone. Luke chapter 14, verse 12 says, Then said he also to them that bade him, When thou makest a dinner or supper, call not thy friends, nor thy brethren, neither thy kinsmen, nor thy rich neighbors, lest they also bid thee again and recompense be made thee. But when thou makest a feast, call the poor, the maimed, the lame, the blind, and thou shalt be blessed. For they, they cannot recompense thee, for thou shalt be recompensed at the resurrection of the just. We ought to, you know, we ought to have the testimony that we are a charitable people, that we are a kind people, that we are a friendly people. And people, I mean the poorest of poor that comes in here, Ought to have this feel the same way as the richest of rich person that comes in here. We ought to treat them the same. We ought to treat them 
equal. Do not have respect of persons. If some poor person asks you for help, you ought to be just as willing to help them as if it is a rich person. And a lot of, it's easy to want to help the people that you know. Hey, this person can help me. Hey, I want to do this. I want to do a favor for this person because they, these people, they have the ability. If I needed help, they could really do something for me. Jesus said, "Don't do that." When it comes to helping people, if you're going to pick somebody, if you're going to be partial at all, pick the people who you know there's nothing that they can do for you. The people that there's nothing that they have to offer you and just understanding that you're going to get your payoff at the resurrection of the just. You're going to get your payoff on Judgment Day. You're going to get your reward in heaven. But so many times we're looking for the rewards here on earth. And you know, the truth is, I mean, really, if we're smart as a church, I'm stereotyping a little bit here, but nine times out of ten, that rich person that comes walking in, they're probably going to be a pain in the neck. Do you know how much I give in the offering every week? I think the church ought to do this. You know, if you want to keep seeing that money coming, hey, that kind of thing happens all the time. I mean, they can be a pain in the neck. They they want to run things because they know that they give all this money and they they want to they want to be the boss. Pain in the neck. There's really nothing you can do for them if they're not saved. They're probably not going to get saved. Even Jesus said it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. Jesus had a tough time winning over rich men, and we're probably going to have a tough time too. But you know, and and then okay, maybe we'll get some rewards if you get a rich person in here. Yeah, you get some rewards on earth. You get a pain in the neck, but maybe you get good offerings. All right. Some poor person comes in; they're the ones more likely to listen to what you have to say. They're the ones more likely to hear the gospel and get saved. And then they're a crown of rejoicing. I mean, that that's an eternal crown that we'll have in heaven. I mean, they're more likely, uh, you know, to listen and to grow in Christ and to, and, and to produce some fruit as a Christian. And I, I'm telling you, I mean, if we were smart, we're not going to ignore the rich people. We're not going. We're not. We're not. We're going to be impartial. But boy, if we were going to be partial, I think it ought to be to the poor people, people that can't, that maybe they have nothing to offer us, but we have something to offer them. Understand that God's going to take care of us in the end. And if you don't have this testimony with every with others, you don't have it with God. I mean, we. I wonder. You know, you ought to ask yourself sometime. You know what. What's my testimony? What do my coworkers think about me? What do my what am, you know? What do my neighbors think of me? What's what's my reputation? What's my testimony? What is it? We ought to ask ourselves that question. Very important. But he says, "Whosoever shall compel thee, that shall someone's going to be needing you." When he said the word "shall," I mean it's it's future. It's going to happen. Somebody's going to be needing your help. Somebody's going to need you. I don't know when it's going to be. I don't know what they're going to need. But you know what? I mean, there something's going to come up where somebody's going to need your help. And it says in Matthew chapter 26, verse 11, For ye have the poor always with you, but me ye have not always. There, there's always going to be somebody around in need. There's nothing. And you know, sometimes you know, we got to be careful because it's like, you know, you help somebody out. I mean, I mean, literally, some people's attitude, especially, especially sometimes, people with money. 
Alright? When they help somebody out, it's like they think that should take care of their future. I'm sorry, but if somebody's struggling financially, you give them 50 bucks, that 50 bucks is only going to last so long. It's only going to go so far. Why are those people even, how dare they be hungry? I gave them $50 a month ago. What did they do with that? <laughs> hey, it takes a lot to feed, you know, feed your family. It takes a lot to do so, but that's, that's the kind of attitude people have sometimes. And there's always going to be needs. There's, it's always going to be, it's always going to be around. Whenever you help, do help somebody out, it may be a huge sacrifice. It's not going to solve all their problems for the rest of your life. You may be only solving one little problem, but we don't help people just to fix all their problems. We do it because we want we want to be a blessing. We're trying to be obedient to God. And it's so important that we be impartial. Well, I'll help those who deserve it. Be careful with that attitude because I don't know about you, I like getting help from the Lord pretty regular. And sometimes I need help when I don't deserve it. Or I want help when I don't deserve it. And if I've got that kind of attitude towards other people, I know God's going to have the same attitude with me. So you know... Let's be real careful about that. We can be shooting ourselves in the foot by being partial. Somebody's going to need your help. Be ready. Be willing. Be you know. Be prepared. I mean, have the attitude. You know that. I mean, just be watching for opportunities. Look for chances that you can be a blessing to somebody. You never know when that chance is going to come up, and uh, you don't want to miss it. You may be missing out. On a chance for a blessing, and I, I like I like blessings. I don't want to miss an opportunity, but we've got to be ready. And listen, you're not gonna. There's there are some people today. I mean, they are so focused on themselves and their needs that I mean, they wouldn't notice somebody else's problem. I mean, they they don't notice. They can't see it. They see their own problems too much. I mean, there there there's some people. Uh, I mean, you could be you could be laying there starving to death, and they're so focused on themselves. I mean, they'll come up to you while you're laying there starving to death and be complaining because you know McDonald's put cheese on their cheese hamburger or something. You know, I mean, just you know, man, my life stinks. It's like, what? <laughs> at least you had a cheeseburger. <laughs> you know, I'm starving to death over here. That's the way some people are, and it's you, you've got to be looking outside yourself. And boy, when you do that, you're going to be a lot more thankful. Because it's easy to have a pity party. We all like to have pity parties, but you you do some looking around, you find there's a lot of folks worse off than you are. The very fact that you're not in a hospital right now says a lot. Go 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 visit a hospital. Go visit a nursing home. Let's see what some people are going through. It's, there's a lot. We have a lot to be thankful for. But that says whosoever shall compel. To compel, to compel that word means to be a courier or to press into public service or force. That uh, we shouldn't need to be forced to do things for other people. So they had to make that law, or they they made that law because, hey, the Jews weren't real willing to help the Romans, and they needed their help. So fine, we'll make a law. You know, one of the reasons we have, like I said, in our country, they just do it all through taxes. And one of the reasons we have such high taxes in our country and in our state and in our our community is a lot of the stuff that the government is spending money on is stuff that is taking care of people that churches used to take care of, the families used to take care of. 
I mean, people used to take, you know, if they had a, uh, you know, their their parents when they got older could take care of themselves. Kids would take care of them. I mean, uh, they they did those kind of things. Other families, maybe if there was an orphan, they would take in that child. They would do all this. I mean, they would do things to help others. If there was somebody that was hungry, they would they'd help get them some food. They would take care of them. Now nobody's doing any of this stuff anymore. So now the government's had to step in and say, you know what, we're going to force you to. And they do. You know, they can't force you to. They know it's not going to work. If somebody comes to your door asking you for twenty bucks, they know you're not going <laughs> to. That's not going to work. Giving the people twenty dollars, so they take it right up front, right out of your paycheck. Because we're not doing a lot of these things. And when you have to be forced to do the right thing, it's always going to make things worse. Because we are not uh, training our children in our society. We are we're turning everything over when it comes to raising our kid. And this is another subject, but everybody's turning everything over to the schools. Hey, you know the schools need to teach them this. The schools need to teach them that, and parents aren't teaching them anything. And let me tell you, there's some great public school teachers out there, some wonderful teachers in this world that really care, that want to make a difference, want to do their best. But you know what? There are some things that just need to come from the parents, but the parents aren't doing it. And so these other groups had to step in and say, all right. We're gonna do them, yeah. And they're they're for they're forcing us. I mean, uh, you know, we were watching some documentaries on eating, and you know, hey, we all know what's healthy and what's not healthy, don't we? I mean, we know. Hey, we all know that fruit and vegetables is better than McDonald is better than McDonald's. We we all know that stuff. We know it. But you know what? We don't always. Choose make the right choices when it comes to food, do we? And then when we start having medical problems, we go to hospitals and we don't want to pay those bills. And so we and now in our country, we have said we want the government to take care of it. We allowed our president to do the you know national health care thing, force people to get insurance. I mean, the government's just taken over in that area. We have forced them to do it, and the government's now saying, okay. We have to pay the bill. We are going to make you be healthier. And in places like New York, you know, banning sodas over 16 ounces. I mean, they. I mean, they're banning everything they think's unhealthy, and they're making all these rules, forcing us to do some stuff that we probably should just be doing on our own. And boy, that's. I mean, that's a whole other lesson we could talk. We could talk about there. But listen, we shouldn't be forced into doing the right things. When we're when it's best to just do it voluntarily, and instead of letting, having somebody step in, because listen, when we're doing these things voluntarily, we can kind of do them when we want to, but we've quit doing it completely, and now the government's forcing us to do a lot of things. And when the government gets involved, it's going to be worse. It's just like your kids. It's better for your kids to do their homework, do their clean their room, do, fulfill their responsibilities by themselves without being forced. When parents have to step in and start forcing, it's usually not pretty. It's usually, you know, it doesn't go as good. You know, if kids would clean their room themselves, they maybe wouldn't have to do as good of a job as when the parents all of a sudden have to get involved. You know, now it's a white glove inspection. You know, now it's it's going to be a lot worse. They're going to have you throwing away half your toys and things. It's just it's going to be worse. And we we shouldn't have to be forced to do the right thing. We ought to be we ought to be ready servants. 
I mean, we ought, we're, we're watching. We're, we're ready. We want, we're willing to do things that we need to do. I mean, we're looking for areas of service. Matthew chapter 24. I'm going to turn with Matthew chapter 24, verse 42. says, Watch therefore, for ye know not what hour your Lord doth come. But know this, that if the goodman of the house had known in what watch the thief would come, he would have watched and would not have suffered his house to be broken up. Therefore be ye also ready, for in such an hour as ye think not, the Son of Man cometh. He talks about being ready and about watching. And he goes on uh, in verse 43, or verse 45, Who then is a faithful and wise servant whom his Lord hath made ruler over his household to give them meat in due season? Blessed is that servant whom his Lord when he cometh shall find so doing. Verily I say unto you that he shall make him ruler over all his goods. But and if that evil servant shall say in his heart, My Lord delayeth his coming, and shall begin to smite his fellow servants, and to eat and drink with the drunken, the Lord of that servant shall come in a day when he looketh not for him, and in an hour that he is not aware of, and shall cut him asunder, and appoint him his portion with the hypocrites. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. It's like just you need to be doing the job. I mean, doing it ready. I mean, ready and willing. And when you do that, I mean, the Lord is going. Uh, to give you, he's going to give you more to work with. He's going to he's going to bless you greatly. But if you're not doing those things, I mean, if you're slacking off, if you're taking advantage of others, God is he's going to come down. He's going to come down on you hard. And I tell you, it's sad today how many Christians it's like you almost have to force them to do right. I mean, it's. Some of the things that preachers have to preach about today, it's like, man, why, why do you have to preach that? Why do you have to push that? You know, why, why? I mean, people get offended over a message on church attendance, being faithful to the house of God. It's like that. That ought to be an easy one. That ought to be an easy message that folks are like, hey, you know, I, you're absolutely right. Plenty of Bible on it. On tithing, oh man, don't get on tithing. Don't talk about giving. Oh man, you can't talk about. Why not? Aren't you doing it? Hey, that that ought that ought to be a piece of cake. You know, don't you love it when maybe you experience some of this in school growing up, or maybe it maybe at work. Uh, you know, I, I remember. You know, I know I was on the good side of this a few times, but maybe in school or at work. Let's say at work, I'm mostly adults here, and all of a sudden, the boss comes. Several folks have been doing this or that wrong. We're going to be firing everybody that's doing it. And when you know that, hey, that wasn't me. Hey, there were several employees that we found out were doing this, doing that. And you know, hey, that wasn't me. I'm in the clear. I'm okay. I was doing what I was supposed to do. And this has nothing to do with me. It feels good. It feels good. I remember many, many times, you know, my parents would get home and, all right, you know, Tommy and you know, Christy and Amy, you know, you guys are in trouble, you know, and maybe one or two didn't. And you could just kind of see the look in the. Maybe the one's face that didn't get in trouble. I think it was only me one time. <laughs> I was, or I was the only one that didn't get in trouble. I was always in there somehow. But uh, it, I tell you, it feels good. Hey, I didn't have to be forced. I did the right. I did the right thing. I did it ahead of time. I did it without being told. And if if we're forced, if we are forced, okay, uh, there are some things that we are. You know, you may be legally. Required to do tomorrow. We have to have a fire code inspection again. Our annual inspection. I think it, I think that's 
stupid. I mean, I just I think it's pointless. I think the government wanted to create some jobs. So hey, let's have somebody go around checking for fire safety and all that, and we can say we create another job. You know, I just we'll put somebody else on the government payroll, and we'll make sure you know he'll, he's always on our side for whatever we need votes and things. I mean, it's just it's really pointless. I mean, this building hasn't almost burned down one time since we've been here. Maybe it's because they've been watching everything. But, but I mean, I, I think it's kind of pointless. But you know what? Hey, we're going to work with them. I went and checked the stuff that I know they checked, made sure it was okay. You know, I'll be here in the I'm try to be here in the morning, hopefully before he gets here, and I'll make him wait and aggravate him just, just to be a jerk. You know, I'm friendly with them when they're here. If they tell me that something's wrong, we need to fix something. As much as I want to have an attitude, I'm always nice about it. Mainly because I don't want to get on their bad side. <laughs> but uh, I mean, I, it's just we we need to do these things. If we're gonna if we're gonna do something, we still ought to do our best. Romans chapter thirteen, verse one. This is one of the verses. I'm just gonna be honest. I don't like. I'm just I'm gonna be honest. I, but I'm gonna follow it anyway. Let every soul be subject unto the higher powers. For there is no power but of God. The powers that be are ordained of God. You say, well, how can they be so wicked? Probably because we deserve it. And maybe God's using them to punish us. And whosoever therefore resisteth the power, resisteth the ordinance of God, and they that resist shall receive to themselves damnation. I don't like that verse. I think I'm going to go to the NIV. I wonder if they took that one out too. <laughs> I don't know, but uh, it's hey, it's... It's there. It's in the Bible. And we ought, we ought to submit. We ought to do these things. I mean, an example of a forced public service. Anybody ever had to do jury duty? All right, that's, that's, I got, I've, I've been called in. I've never actually had to be on a jury. Uh, but I, I actually wanted to the last time, but I didn't get picked. But, um, you know, hey, there's been times in our country, and this is one that, I mean, I thank God that this one is not forced, but I do think the government probably they have the right to do it. Military service, you know, we have. I mean, we have to register for the draft, but um, we have an all volunteer army, and that's only because people are volunteering. And so, thankfully, that's going on. But you know, there's uh, in a lot of countries. I know when I was in Israel, everybody in Israel, male and female, has to do at least. A year or two. I can't remember which one. A year or two of military service. Every one of them, male and female, are required. They ha- they have to do it. And um, we don't have that. But if we did, hey, if they ever have to bring back a draft or something and force you to go, you ought to go. You ought to be a good soldier. You ought to do your best. You ought uh, you ought to try hard. I mean, think about guys like Joseph in the Bible, who God blessed greatly. He was forced into being a slave against his will. His brothers sold him. I mean, if it's most of us, we'd be moping around that whole time, having a bad attitude. But he was a very good servant. Potiphar was the one that got him, and Joseph made Potiphar's house to prosper because he was doing such a good job. Then Joseph got lied on and got thrown into prison. There's now he's really got an opportunity to power. Got thrown into prison because somebody lied on him. Some wicked woman lied on him. But no, he ended up kind of. Becoming in charge of the prison made the prison a success. And then gets out of prison and ended up basically becoming the ruler of the world. 
He was under Pharaoh, but he was kind of the one doing everything, making all the decisions. Because he did more than what was required of him. I mean, he prospered in whatever he did. And that's the way that we ought to be. Whosoever shall compel thee. Alright, we're not, listen, this isn't something that we, this is not a verse that you use on somebody else. Okay? You, you do not use this verse somebody else. If you need somebody's help, you don't go up to them and say, you know what, Matthew 5.41 says, whosoever shall compel thee to go with him a mile, go with him twain. I need your help right now. And by the way, don't go one mile with me, go two. The Bible says. Uh-uh. That's not. Say, so whosoever shall compel thee. Alright, we're talking to you right now. When somebody comes to you with a need, you go the extra mile. Don't tell them to do it. I, I've, I've had it up to here with people calling all the time, just demanding our church. And, you know, they don't, they, I mean, they don't say it like that, but act like our church owes them something. Hey, you need to do this. I need help here. And, you know, it's like, sometimes you can't do it. It's like, what? What, you, what? You need to do something about this. Oh, really? I had a guy one time, uh, uh, when I was back at Lighthouse, he called up and he just started preaching to me about how we ought to help help people and even people that are outside of the church because we're all God's children. I mean, he he even tried quoting scripture that wasn't even scripture, and it ticked me off. I'm like, you know what? I'm thinking even if that was in the Bible, you don't go quoting that to me because let me tell you something, dirtbag. I know you haven't helped anybody out. <laughs> I didn't say that, but boy, I wanted to, and I actually did argue with that guy a little bit. Probably shouldn't have, but I did, and he he hung up on me. But uh, hey, he called me. I didn't call him. He called me. <laughs> that, was my, that was my attitude. But this is something that this is a verse you never use this on somebody else. If you ever get mad at somebody and think you know those people don't know that verse in the Bible, they no. This is this is for you. This is to provoke you to action. Provoke you to go the extra mile. Uh, and some boy, some people have that attitude. They'll see a verse in the Bible when it comes to helping or giving to somebody in need, and that's something that everybody else is supposed to notice for them to help them. You know, the Bible says, "Given it shall be given unto you." So why don't you give to me, and God will give to you? No, how about you give to somebody else? I'm like, I give to you. And why does it always have to be? Why do you have to be in the receiving end of everything? Whosoever shall compel thee, and I shouldn't. I should never ask anybody to go the extra mile. If there is something that's needed, I mean, there there are some things that we sometimes people will ask things, and it's just like where I know a lot of folks. I mean, they will ask you to do things, and when they ask you to, they'll. I mean, they don't say go the extra mile for me, but they will. I mean, as much as do that, they'll basically say, "I need you to." This huge thing, and make, and then the way they ask it, they put you in a position where you, if you have to say no, you feel like a jerk. That we should not, we should not do that to people. Listen, if you need help with something, listen, I want, you know, I, I like to be a help to people if I can. I, I, I love helping people whenever I have the chance. But you know, if you need help with something, you know, you know, don't call and say, hey, could you give, you know, I, I need fifty bucks. If you don't give it to me, you know my, my kids are going to starve. Uh, you know I'm going to get thrown out of my house. I'm going to, you know, lose my dog. I mean, I'm going to every, every, you know, my world's going to come crashing down. I may even commit suicide because you didn't help me out. You know, you don't, you don't do that, okay? 
Somebody doing that for you, that's them going the extra mile. Alright, you know, we don't ask people to go the extra mile. Okay? Not saying if you don't listen, if you have a need, hey, you know, let people know. You know, let let folks let you know that's okay to let folks know, but don't put them in that position where you're asking them to go the extra mile. Okay, the Romans they didn't even do that. They it's like, hey, I need you need to go with me for a mile. It was something that Christians were supposed to voluntarily do. If you demand if you demand somebody go the extra mile, you're really stealing their opportunity to obey Matthew five forty one. If you're demanding another requirement, it's something that's supposed to be voluntary out of the goodness of their heart. I don't know about you, but I do. I like doing, I like volunteering, but I don't like being forced to do something. Okay? I like, you know, giving my tithes and offerings to the church. I hate paying taxes. (laughs) Now, do, do we need to pay taxes? Absolutely. Absolutely. There's plenty of things out there that I benefit from the tax money goes to. Absolutely, we ought to pay taxes. But I don't like being forced. It just, it kind of steals the fun from it, doesn't it? It does. It's nice when you have the opportunity and the ability to be a blessing to somebody, maybe financially. It feels good. When you can go and you can do that, or when you can write that check and put it in the offering plate, it feels good because you're doing it because you want to obey God. You're no, listen, nobody's looking over your shoulder. Nobody's forcing you to do it. I mean, you could do it or not do it, and nobody on earth would ever know. But you're doing it because you know that there is one person that knows. There's one person that's paying attention, and that's God. And that's the one that really matters. And boy, it just it feels good. But if you have to be forced, it totally destroys the joy. So don't don't miss that. And when and when you demand it from somebody, when you demand the extra mile, they don't get that. They don't get to have that. I mean, there's some sometimes you know you, you know you're helping somebody, and I mean maybe you you know, you've got to go. You've got there's other things you have to do. You know you did what you could. You you contributed, but they're just like oh you know leaving before the job's done. Oh man, I don't know what I'm gonna do. Hey, you're lucky I was here at all. <laughs> That's the attitude we ought to have when somebody helps us. It's all bonus. It's all bonus. They didn't have to do it. They didn't. They didn't have to. And I mean, don't have that attitude where you're demanding people to go the extra mile. But it says to go a mile. The mile. That's what's required of us. Matthew chapter five, verse thirty-eight and thirty-nine it says, "Ye have heard that it's been said, an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. But I say unto you that." Ye resist not evil, but whosoever shall smite thee on thy right cheek, turn to him the other also. And if any man will sue thee at the law and take away thy coat, let him have thy cloak also. Right here, he's talking about Old Testament law. Hey, this is a law. An eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But Jesus said, you know what? Now, hey, this is, this is a new time now. You're, Christ, you're, uh, you're a Christian. You're one of my children. You're a follower of Christ. It's not. I don't want you to do the eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. That's what's required. I want you to take it a step further. Somebody smites you on your cheek, right cheek, turn them the other cheek. Somebody sues you at the law. If by law you're required to give somebody your coat, you know that cloak that goes with it? Go ahead and give them that too. 
the mile, that's what's the mile is what's required. We're supposed to go beyond that. The mile, that's what that's what's expected of us. You know, there are some things that we're just expected to do as human beings. Listen, I expect my neighbor not to rob me. You know why? Because hey, you know, I expect them to obey the law and to respect my property. Whether he's a Christian or not, I have no idea. But hey, we expect that from everybody, don't we? You know, but people all the time are like, oh, I'm, I'm a good person. I never stole anything. I never killed anybody. Hey, that's what's expected from all of us that we don't do those things. Well, that, that's just that we're talking about the minimum right there. For Christians, we're not supposed to just be content with, hey, I haven't killed anybody. I haven't stolen anything. No, we're supposed to go the extra mile. We're supposed to go with him, Twain. The extra mile is more than what's required of us. The extra mile is more than what's expected. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 40, I keep, I keep turning away from Matthew chapter 5 and losing my spot. Matthew chapter 5, verse 40 says, And if any man will sue thee at the law and take away thy coat, give them thy cloak also. So doing more than what's required. That's what the Christian does. This is meant, this is meant the whole point of this, it's meant to set apart the saved from the lost. Matthew 5.45 That ye may be the children of your Father which is in heaven, for He maketh His Son to rise on the evil and on the good, and sendeth rain on the just and on the unjust. You know, a lot of times we'll, we'll look at things that good that happen or bad that happens and we'll say, oh, that good thing happened because He's a Christian or that bad thing happened because uh, He's lost. Hey, you know what? You can't always tell from that stuff. It rains on the just and on the unjust. Good, good people get sick. Bad people get sick. I mean, the best Christian you know someday is going to get sick and die. It's, it's going to happen. Good people die in car accidents. I mean, a lot, I mean I, I, I'm scared to death of doing this. I, I get scared when other people do it. You know, maybe somebody gets away from God, backslides a little bit, something bad happens to them. God was bringing His judgment down on them. And you know what? He might have been. But I'm not going to be real quick to say that because what if I backslide a little bit? God, I don't, I don't want God to do that to me. And the truth is, sometimes it just happens. We live in a, we live in a sin-cursed world. You cannot figure out who the saved and the lost are by good things and bad things. Alright? Because it happened to everybody. Everybody gets sick. Everybody dies. Everybody, you know, has times, uh, you know, the rain part, you know, they have good times of prosperity or finances, whatever. We can't tell from that. The way we tell is by the actions, by what they do. That's what makes the difference. That's what's going to set apart the saved from the lost. Many, most people are only going to do what's required of them or what they're forced to do. Some are a little better and they'll do what's expected of them. But then there's others, and that's supposed to be us who go the extra mile and do what's not required or expected. They go above and beyond. In truth, no reward is to be expected for going the extra mile. Listen, when we talk about going the extra mile, we just, we just do it. Okay? When Jesus told them to do it then, that Roman wasn't going to be like, hey, you know, I'm going to pay you for this. No, that was something they had to do for free. It was, it was in their law. You don't do it so you can get something. Alright? The only, our, really our only goal 
I guess we have going the extra mile is so folks know who we are. It's our way of letting them know who we are. It's our way of trying to represent Christ in a good way. This is something that we're supposed to give of ourselves freely. If we're repaid for it, then you really didn't give anything, did you? Luke chapter 6, verse 32 says, For if ye love them which love you, what thank have ye? For sinners also love those that love them. And if ye do good to them which do good to you, what thank have ye? For sinners also do even the same. And if ye lend to them of whom ye hope to receive, what thank have ye? For sinners also lend to sinners and receive as much again. If you do good things to people who can do good to you, big deal. Lost people do that. If you do good things for those who are going to pay you back for it, big deal. Lost people do that too. This that we're talking about, this going the extra mile, is something a little different. And that's what we're going to have to do as a church. Because I don't know if you've noticed, we just got the new phone book. We got a new ad in there. You might want to take a look at that in the blue, uh, the blue phone book. Looks really good, uh, with the exception of the picture of the pastor on there. But there's a lot of churches in there. There's a lot of churches in this area. Some of them are good. Some of them aren't good at all. I mean, some on the outside they look great, but you know what's going to be the thing that's going to make make a difference? What can we do to set us apart? You know what? Go the extra mile. As as individuals, go the extra mile. When you're out for your neighbor, for your coworker, for whoever it is, go the extra mile. You you represent Jesus Christ. You represent Liberty Baptist Church. That's how people can know. That's how we can stand out. And that's how we can make a difference. Go the extra mile. So let's stand together.